Hey, Top News listeners, this is Luke Garrett. And Megan Cloherty. We're the hosts of WTOP's daily local news podcast, The DMV Download. Don't worry, top news from WTOP isn't going away, but we wanted to drop in and give you a taste of what we're producing, a podcast that goes deeper into the biggest stories of the day. If you like what you hear, head over to the DMV Download podcast and subscribe. It's Tuesday, August 9th. From inside the WTOP newsroom, this is the DMV Download, brought to you by the men and women of Steamfitters Local 602. Get an estimate and learn more at steamfitters-602.org. Today, summer is winding down for kids across the D.C. region as schools start back up this month. And teachers, parents, and students all have a big year ahead as the scars of pandemic learning loss are still healing. WTOP Scott Gelman says new data sheds light on where local students stand. There are more students who needed what is deemed intensive literacy support at the end of the last school year than did at the beginning of the school year. And that is sounding the alarm for some school officials in Arlington. We also talk about how staff shortages could hamper efforts to solve this learning loss issue. Because if you don't have the teachers, you don't have the learning. And if you don't have the learning, you see students struggling, which is already the case in, in unfortunately, so many places. Thanks for joining us. I'm Luke Garrett. Megan Cloherty is off today. Reading. It's an essential skill that connects us to history, poetry, and really the world. In Arlington County Public Schools, fourth and fifth graders are struggling to keep up with literacy standards. That's according to new data from the Virginia school system. To help us make sense of these concerning numbers and the stories behind them, we bring in WTOP Scott Gelman. He's covered education closely throughout the pandemic and joins us now. Scott, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Although it's, it's a little weird without Megan. Not ideal, but we'll get through it. <laughs> we'll get through it together. So, Scott, let's look at these numbers. What are we seeing in Arlington County Schools? Yeah, so there's some data that was released, and this is a literacy assessment that gets given to students three times a year. Okay. It is the beginning of the year, the middle of the year, and the end of the year, basically detecting student proficiency. And what we gather from this data set released at the end of the last school year that was just made public is that while broadly across all Arlington Public School students, kindergarten through fifth grade, the trends in proficiency and literacy skills are very positive, fourth and fifth grade students are needing a bit more extra help at the end of the year than they did at the beginning of the year. So Mm. what this data tells us is that basically there are more students who needed what is deemed intensive literacy support at the end of the last school year than did at the beginning of the school year. And that is sounding the alarm for some school officials in Arlington. Right. In other words, during the learning time, literary proficiency went down. Not ideal. Correct. Correct. And we're seeing that. So the assessment's given three times during the year. And we saw the number of students needing that intensive support increase from the beginning of the year to the middle of the year. And then again, from the middle of the year until the end of the year. And that's only among fourth and fifth graders, not all Arlington students and not all kindergarten through fifth graders. Got it. Got it. And so what can we attribute this loss to? So it's it's a few things, but one of the particularly interesting things, because we could talk about numbers and data and trends, mm-hmm. right? But at the core of this is what's going to get done, right? Is something actionable going to change? And there is a school official in Arlington who told us that 
they changed curriculum materials for kindergarten through third graders previously. Okay. And now you're seeing what they're describing as the positive results of that, right? So you're seeing kindergarten through third grade, the numbers in terms of student proficiency got better throughout the course of the last school year. And when it comes to those fourth and fifth graders, the curriculum materials were not changed. And so now the school system is introducing this new material that school officials say will help students with phonics and should ultimately improve some of these numbers that they're a little bit concerned about regarding the last school year. Phonics, what is that? So simply word pronunciation. And, and this is helpful for for students who may be English language learners. They might not be using English as their primary language. And so they really feel that these new fourth and fifth grade materials will help take help these students in fourth and fifth grade take the step entering fifth grade or middle school that we saw these kindergarten through third graders take at, in this last school year. Mm. So there's some good things going on in the kindergarten to third graders, and they're going to try to pass that on to the fourth and fifth graders. Correct. And so taking a step back from Arlington County Public Schools, from your reporting on schools across the region, are you seeing similar trends in learning loss? I mean, how are we doing? Yeah, so this is actually, and and there's endless data and endless assessments that can really be analyzed and you can draw conclusions and see what's going on. And it's also important to note, right, that standardized tests are just that. So there are going to be folks who draw conclusions, but also, as I imagine many of our listeners would understand, you know, if you wake up and perhaps have a really bad morning or there's something going on, of course, that impacts your performance on the standardized test. And so, well, this gives us sort of standardized tests, give us a big picture look at what's going on in particular county, across the country, whatever it might be. There are some limitations to, to take into account, but it is a valuable tool for analyzing the big picture of what's going on. And so to answer your question, when you're looking at learning loss across the region, there are several different metrics and assessments that you can look at. But at the end of the day, all students were behind screens for a long period of time, some right. longer than other. Yeah. And what it comes down to is what's going on in the classroom hour by hour, maybe even minute by minute, if you really want to get into the nitpicky of it, Mm -hmm. and what teachers and school systems are doing to help students understand these comprehensive skills. Because I think now there is enough data to show that virtual learning, when it did occur, was not good for students and they fell behind. And it's simply compared to maybe riding a bike, right? So algebra or whatever the topic might be, maybe you just need a little bit of tutoring or one-on-one help to help you recall those skills, but something has to happen for those students to be able to get back on track. And uh, as we're seeing in this Arlington data, the fourth and fifth graders are not quite there yet. Mm. And, you know, is there really this direct, you kind of alluded to it, but is there a direct line between the pandemic and this learning loss? There is for two reasons. And the first is the student mental health perspective, which is not only are were students, as were many of us, at home during the course of the pandemic, but they also weren't doing those social things that might facilitate learning, right? Mm. They weren't sitting next to their best friend during lunch. They weren't engaged in before and after school clubs. And whether we want to acknowledge it or not, those are part of the school experience that will impact your day and decide how much attention you might pay to mm. calculus class, for right. example, right? And so that's one. But the second is the impact that virtual learning had just on student understanding. Because when you're looking at a screen, it becomes very difficult to focus. Mm -hmm. There are many distractions when you're not in school. And perhaps you might be limited in in terms of your willingness to raise your hand and ask a question. Or perhaps someone raises a point in a classroom that they didn't want to raise their hand in a Zoom conference and do. so. And so all of a sudden, 
you go down this pipeline where you're having a conversation about something that maybe in that virtual environment you weren't having. Yeah. And so it's really those two big things, the mental health perspective and also uh, just the the losses that were that we were just now uncovering when it comes to students working behind screens during the pandemic. And that's a, probably a big part, maybe not the only part, but a big part of why you're seeing some students struggle, not just academically, but also with their behavior as they mm. go back into class here in the D.C. region in a few weeks as well. I know it's coming up. It's kind of crazy to think about. That. It is August, which is absolutely absurd. <laughs> and, you know, related to this learning loss issue is staff shortages. And these two issues do not really go well together. Uh, a solution to learning loss is teaching. But if there's not enough teachers there, that's a real issue. So where are we as far as staff shortages in this region? Yeah. So the the two biggest jurisdictions that we've recently received updates on are uh, Montgomery County in Maryland told us that they are close to 100% staffed, as did Fairfax County Public Schools in Virginia. They're in the 97 and 98% range. Now, it's important to recognize that while that is an incredibly positive thing, that these mm-hmm. positions are being filled, that when you're talking about two or three percent of positions that are not filled, that's still hundreds of teachers in these counties that are the largest in Maryland and Virginia. Mm. And so what you're seeing is all kinds of different recruiting strategies, right? So Mm. hiring fairs, and and not just for things like teachers, but also for substitute teachers, for bus drivers. There's a a program that we actually just learned about that is underway in Fairfax County where they are basically inviting educators who have taught other places, who have bachelor's degrees and experience in undergraduate education into the classroom to become teachers while they are ultimately getting their teaching certification in a subject area or grade or whatever it might be. And so that just goes to show you the ways that some of these counties have to get creative because if you don't have the teachers, you don't have the learning. And if you don't have the learning, you see students struggling, which is already the case in, in unfortunately, so many places. Right. I mean, it's really consequential stuff as we head into this new year. I mean, there are a lot of uphill battles, it seems, for schools as they start classes. It's it's going to be super interesting to watch because it's a fascinating time to be a teacher with the first school year in person after the pandemic just completed. And that's where this data in Arlington is alluding to. And and that's what prompted some people there to say, while these numbers are not where we want them to be, they're also considering that we spent two plus years behind a screen, not as bad as they really could have been. Right. And so going into the new school year, you're monitoring teacher vacancies, you're monitoring student behavior, student progress. And it's really going to be uh, an interesting time because this is the first sort of full in-person year with widespread vaccines and therapeutics and no mask requirements for COVID. So a, a lot of different trends that, of course, we're going to be paying pretty close attention to. Scott, I'm sure we'll have you back on the show to catch us up on the developments as the school year starts. But thank you for giving us a little preview. Yeah, awesome. Thanks for having me on. Always appreciate it. And after the break, we hear the story of 16 beagles who were rescued from a torturous research facility and will soon be up for adoption in Fairfax County. Backed by the experience of its hardworking members, Steamfitters Local 602 is ready to take on your next commercial heating, cooling, HVAC, or refrigeration project. Steamfitters Local 602 adds value to our community through its partnerships with local contractors and building owners, all while keeping the focus on improving the lives of its members and their families throughout the DMV. For work that's on time and on budget, go to steamfitters-602.org to schedule your next project. That's steamfitters-602.org. Steamfitters Local 602 changing lives. Thanks for listening to the DMV Download. If you like this show, give us five stars and leave us a review on Apple Podcast. We love hearing from you guys and your reviews really do help other listeners find this 
our area's only in-depth daily local news podcast. And thank you for making us a part of your day. And before we go, I have WTOP's Christy King here to tell us about a harrowing but also hopeful story about beagles in Virginia. These creatures were... I'll say rescued from basically a puppy mill Mm. that was legal and authorized to be an assembly line to create animals for experimentation. So these dogs were supposed to be test subjects or they were breeding puppies to be test subjects. And they were in this facility in Cumberland County, Virginia. And um, a, a federal judge talks, you know, just excoriates them because of the abusive conditions and torturous conditions. And there are thousands of dogs that have to be re- sent away to appropriate locations away from this essentially puppy mill. And Fairfax County has 16 and six of them are puppies and six of them are as old as six years old. So the puppies ostensibly would have been sold for experimentation. And apparently beagles are used frequently because mm. they're so docile and compliant and they're small and easy to handle. Wow. And the older dogs are part of the assembly line. They're the ones being bred to to produce the content that gets sold off to the guinea pig factory. And so there are 16 beagles and they're up for adoption. Is that right? Not quite yet. Okay. They will be. Um, you know, the the babies, the three month olds, they're all of the three months old are male and there are six of them and they're malleable. They're like pieces of clay to be <laughs> shaped, you know, so right. so they're they're cute little puppy floppy eared and chasing each other and 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 with their little fuzzy toys and and frolicking and and they're not going to have any trouble transitioning but the older dogs mm. who have been around in the facility for years they've never seen the sun they've never been on a walk they've just you know lived in a cage as though they were prisoners and those animals some of them are very timid I'm sure they some yeah. not not all of them but some of them are really going to need some work. So let me return to your question. You asked me, are they adoptable? (laughs) Right. What's going to happen to them? They're going to be. They're going to be adoptable. And it must be said that we have video of these beagles on WTOP.com. Chrissy wrote a fantastic article about this story, and they're cute. Well, when they're, um, they're so engaging. I mean, they 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 want to be in your face. They want love. They want attention. They and and when they're frolicking amongst each other, you know, like the the brothers who are the three month old beagles will chase each other around, or or each fight over a stick, or or tackle each other, and you know, dive bomb and surprise <laughs> surprise each other. Sit, you know, I mean, how adorable is it? It's a hot day, and one of them plops down in the water bowl. I mean, come on. <laughs> or they want to be um, elevated, and they'll jump up on platforms or little stools and look around, and 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 they're they're very engaged and engaging. Oh, and this is only the first shipment. There are two thousand dogs down there in Cumberland County that have oh to be gosh. distributed. Oh my gosh! This is literally just the beginning. Right, more coming. Well, we'll have to stay tuned. But Christy, thanks for bringing us the story. My pleasure. And if you're interested in adopting one of these rescued beagles, you can head over to Fairfax County Animal Shelter, their website. Profiles of each dog will be uploaded once they're ready for adoption. And that'll do it for us today on the DMV Download. This show is brought to you by Steamfitters Local 602. 
Our managing editor is Craig Schwab, and our music is by Real World. Give us a review and rate our show if you get the chance. While you're at it, hit that subscribe button so you never miss a show. You can follow us on social media where we post content every day from behind the scenes. You can find out more about this podcast and become one of our VIP listeners at dmvdownload.com. The DMV Download is, of course, a product of WCOP News. Listen on 103.5 FM in the D.C. area, 107.7 FM in Virginia, 103.9 FM in Frederick, Maryland, online at WTOP.com and on the WTOP News app. Have a good one and I'll see you tomorrow.